You're listening to Mornings with Eric and Bridget right here on Moody Radio 89.3. And if you tune in to 89.3 at 1 p.m. each and every weekday, you will hear Equipped with Chris Brooks. He's passionate about helping you grow spiritually, think critically, and live compassionately in your community. He's also a senior pastor as well as a radio host and even so much more. A husband, a father, Chris Brooks, thanks so much for joining us here on Mornings with Eric and Bridget. Hey, it's always great to be with you guys. Good morning. Yeah, uh, we we want to um, let you for just a moment brag on your city. We just had the opportunity <laughs> to spend some time with Ben Carson, and Ben is a, a fellow person from Detroit. And I know right. uh, for you, um, you're proud. You 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 uh, you you love your city, and it's got a rich history, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And and obviously Ben is one of many who've come out of uh, Detroit who have uh, helped to make an impact on this country and on this world. You know, they call us the Motor City and they mo- <laughs> once used to say that Detroit uh, moved the world in many ways. But my prayer has been as a pastor, as a believer, follower of Christ, is that uh, Detroit would move the, the, the world once again. But this time, not so much through the making of cars, but through the producing of disciples who will touch the nations with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So that's been our prayer. Obviously, when we go through bad times, it's global news when Detroit uh, struggles. But I think it can be global news if revival comes as well. And so I'm certainly praying for that. I know you are praying for that. And especially on this collegiate day of Prayer. I know yeah. what's happened what has happened at Michigan State University has impacted you, your congregation. Can you yeah. just fill us in on how the community is doing after not just this last uh, shooting, but it's been recent that others have happened there too, right? Yeah, I'm a pr- proud member of the Spartan family. I graduated from there with my undergrad degree in 1997. And so this has been really close to home, but it was only, uh, Bridget, as you alluded to, only uh, about 16 months ago that we were mourning a local high school that's not far from me, Oxford High School. And uh, the sad reality is that we now have children who are veterans of school shootings. Mm. They've seen it uh, far too many times. And so it is a moment where hearts are more open. The good news is I was able to spend uh, Tuesday on campus, a pretty much full day there, and uh, we just had tremendous ministry. Uh, The students' hearts are open, though full of fear and anxiety, and it was uh, powerful to be able to present to them the hope of Jesus, to be able to present the Christian worldview that though this world has fallen, Jesus tells us to take hope because he's overcome the world. And even for those who, who... Uh, die in Christ, we have the amazing promise of the resurrection. And the good thing about our faith is that it's not theoretical. God has already shown us through the cross of Christ that he is able to take what the enemy meant for evil and to use it for our good and for his glory. And so being able to put the gospel on full display at my alma mater, praying that much like at Asbury, that there would be a turning of a generation to Jesus here in Michigan and seeing some of the embers of that start to flourish has been uh, a blessing to my heart, though we uh, have heavy hearts about all that's happened. You know, we talked to a professor from Cedarville University earlier this week and their students were praying, you know, where do you want us to go, Lord? You know, we'll follow. And 
they said Michigan State. So off they went to Michigan State University after the shooting just to be there, just to be a presence and to be a, a sounding board for those that need to hear and then to present the gospel when that opportunity arose for them. And that's really should be all of our where do you want us to follow you, Lord, right? Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, those of us who know the history of Moody know that it was around the turn of the century where Moody, Dwight L. Moody, did this clarion call that later became the Moody 100 of a generation, he said, that will serve the global church. And he called for uh, there to be young people who would respond to that. And what came out of that is the Moody Bible Institute. And it's a phenomenal thing to see how many missionaries and pastors that we've produced over the years. And so much like that time, we have an opportunity to call a generation to dedicate the rest of their lives to serving Jesus in their generation. And so that's what I'm doing. That's what Moody Mm -hmm. Radio is all about. And it's great when we see it. Well, that's why we're so excited, too, Chris, about what we've been hearing has been happening at Asbury University and now other campuses. This awakening, some have called it others a revival, others a little bit skeptical. I guess I want to know what's your take, Chris, on on just the news that we've been hearing from not only Asbury, but other places. Yeah, I think it's the wisdom of Gamaliel. It is uh, if this is of the Lord, it will flourish. If it's not of the Lord, uh, we won't have to worry about it. And uh, the reality is, is that none of us have been given the badge of inspector <laughs> to be able to declare whether or not something's a revival. What is beautiful is that from every testimony I've heard, there's been this humility of heart of young men and women who are turning to Jesus. And so I would say this, I take much hope in that. I celebrate that, that there will be, that there are young people who are confessing sin. There are young people who are worshiping Jesus. Listen, in a generation that is sexually confused, marked by violence, depression, anxiety, all of these things that they're doing is a refreshing alternative to what we're seeing the vast majority of their generation do. So I celebrate that. But even if you are skeptic, always remember this. God specializes in making straight lines with crooked sticks, as my grandmother would say. So it doesn't have to be perfect for God to be able to use it. The history of humanity is not our perfection, but it's always been his grace. I mentioned uh, before you got on with us that this is our opportunity to kind of sit across the table from our pastor and ask questions. So the question I would ask the pastor is, Pastor Chris, what does true repentance look like in my life? Yeah, I think that uh, repentance by definition is to turn, to turn from something and to turn to something. So true repentance is to turn to God and to turn from sin. Now, it does not mean that your track record or trajectory will be uh, straight up and to the right like a great stock chart, a blue chip stock where you see the chart going up and to the right. It does mean with humility of heart, you are acknowledging, God, I need you and I want my life to be aligned with your word. I want my life to be aligned with your ways and with your will. And the message of Christianity is that we can't save ourselves, you know. This is what makes uh, Christianity different than all other religions. Uh, Most religions, just about everyone, starts with the premise that we can, through our own efforts, get to God. Well, Christianity starts with a different premise, that we can't get to God. And that's why he's come to us. 
Jesus has come so that he might save us from our sins. And so it's not your job to save yourself, but it is your job to acknowledge you need a savior. And so that's what repentance looks like. It's the acknowledgement, God, I need you. It's turning from our own leadership in our lives to his leadership and doing our best to follow his word by his grace and through the power of the spirit. That is such a humbling truth that I can't save myself. I can't be good enough. I can't earn my approval of him or my way to him. Uh, So for those who are listening today who maybe have been around the church, familiar with the church, listens to Christian radio, but has never really put their hope in Christ, what's that next step for them? Yeah, I think that school shootings like what happened at Michigan State, uh, the global crises that we're seeing all around us from Turkey and Syria, earthquakes to war in Ukraine, all of these things are reminders to us that this world is not enough and that we need something greater than this world. And Jesus offers us life eternal and a relationship with God the Father through faith and trust in him. And if you are as aware of your frailty as I am of mine, then you recognize you need a savior. You can't navigate this world without one. So my encouragement, humbly but boldly, would be to put your faith and trust in Jesus, to uh, um, ask him to simply come in and be Lord of your life. Just start there. Just start there. I'm not going to give you all of these commandments. I'm not going to give you all these rules to follow. I simply, with a humble heart, want to encourage you to ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Not just Savior. That's great. He, he can rescue you. But to be Lord means that you want to follow him. And so by his spirit, he allows us to be able to do that. That would be my encouragement. What about, and I don't want to run away from that too fast, but there are believers. There are those who have done that but they just feel like they've been beat up. And they're like, I see what's going on in Asbury, and I want that to happen in my life, but you have no idea what I've been through. And I just, I I can't even get on my knees to pray right now. What do you say to that person that's longing for revival, but just feels beat up? Psalm 34 and 18. uh, Psalm, Psalm 34, 18 says that God is near to the brokenhearted, and he rescues those who are crushed in spirit. Uh, We will be brokenhearted. Jesus wept at the tomb of Lazarus. We have a Savior who's well acquainted with our sufferings, a man of sorrow, acquainted with grief is what the Bible describes our Savior is. So we don't have a high priest who cannot be touched by our sufferings and our infirmities. But I would say this, that the pathway to revival from our own heart has been sticking in Christian community. So often when I'm beat up and I'm isolated, I I am defeated. The enemy uh, takes advantage of me. But when I'm in community with other believers and when, when our hearts are focused on the word of God, it is hard not to experience revival. Revival comes through the word of God, that incorruptible seed that the Bible describes itself as an in covenant community with other believers. And I would just encourage people, don't isolate, don't withdraw, don't take your eyes away from his word and focus in on the world. He says in Joshua chapter one, be of good courage, keep this word on your lips. And I would encourage us to do the same. 
This is why we love catching up with Chris Brooks <laughs> like we did today. But you can also do that each and every weekday at 1 p.m. right here on 89.3. Oh, Chris, thank you so much for your I know it was a little bit of a struggle getting there this morning. <laughs> we thank you for your for your presence with us this morning. Yes. We do appreciate it so much. Always a blessing, guys. Have a great day. All right. It is 830. You know, Chris was talking about um, what it means to repent, what it means mm-hmm. to have that relationship with Jesus. And if you want to just go a little deeper and find a little more, you can go to our website, moodyradio.org slash South Florida. And there's a banner on the top right uh, corner of that page that says how to know Christ. Uh, that gives you some really great information. It does. And when you text Jesus, 561-737-6035, we'll send that page right to your phone.